them last week. Remember, say God last week. Every time you to make a long move. You are now tuned in to allradio.com. Where we make the world better. Follow us on all Follow of your social media outlets at All Real Radio. Radio. We make the world better. Make the world better. This is Sam Oser, your unconventional journalist, reporting Saturdays at 1.30 on the movements that fight back. Today we have a guest with us, Shivas Watson. Um, he is a local organizer who has <laughs> had a recent experience with the cops that wasn't so great, um, but he's or- organizing around it and he's working on bringing education and awareness to it all. Um, so everybody, please welcome Chevis. Thank you so much for being here today. Peace, peace. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the space. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming in and being here. Um, all right. So let's start from from the beginning. Okay. Um, your your experience and just catch us up to what what happened and what's going on. Yeah. So uh, we're we're in North Houston going through the neighborhood in which we live in with a friend of ours in the, in the passenger seat. Um, probably go past this stop sign a, a hundred times a month. Yeah. You know? And, um, and this particular stop sign is, is roughly 200, 250 feet from the street in which my lady and her mother, they live. You know, as I commute, back and forth from Austin to Houston. Mm -hmm. And so this is December 24th. I get to the stop sign and I stop, but it's a four-way stop sign and there's stuff in the yard, like Christmas decorations and, and, and greenery. So as I hedge up a little bit, I see the police officer coming from my left and he's got to be going 45. He's got to be going 45 or 50. Because it startles us. Yeah. And it's a small street. Small neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I end up not stopping again. I just proceed with my hedge. Because I see him slowing down. It's all in a two, maybe a two second thing, two, three second thing. I proceed forward and I tell the, the friend of ours uh, in the passenger seat, I tell her, 
damn, he gonna think I ran the stop sign. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm already at the street. I put on the blinker, and then he puts his lights on. But Sam, you know, I'm new to Houston, but I know my rights. Yeah. The police put their lights on. It's supposed to be an emergency or an actual crime. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I wasn't at, I wasn't at liberty to just stop in the middle of the street. Mm. Their house is the fourth house from the turn. So I just parked in front of the house. He parked maybe uh, 10, 10 feet behind me. And I give him maybe five, 10 seconds. He doesn't get out of the car. So I know my rights there as well. I know, you know, having, having labored over the law in my past, I knew that, well, how about this? Not what I knew that of, but what I knew of mine, and, and that was my castle doctrine rights. Could you explain what the castle doctrine rights are? It's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll jog your memory to George Zimmerman and his stand your ground uh, defense against the, the, the killing of Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. It was through the castle doctrine at which he defended being on his property and having committed this deadly act. Because through the Second Amendment, through the right to bear arms, you've got the right to protect yourself. And then there's different varieties of protecting yourself. You can protect yourself against a justifiable force. You can protect yourself against tyranny. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, and so again, you know, he's got these lights on, and I'm like, there's no, there's no injured party from a stop sign. Yeah. I know that, I won't say I knew the history, but having come out here the way I told you I'd, I'd come out here on a, on a certain calibration, if anything, a certain purview, I knew that the Houston culture of policing was deadly. Yeah. And I remember telling, you know, telling my lady and the, and the sister in the front, you know, I'm not going to let this guy Philando Castile me. He wasn't getting out the car. I got out the car. You know what I mean? And I got out the car with good intentions. I closed my door. I put my hands up and I said, I don't have any drugs, any guns, any warrants. And I do not think you saw me stop back there, sir. I'd like to talk to you. At that time, I'm still by my driver, my driver door. A few seconds passed by and he slides out of the car. And it's funny how all of us were looking and we'll all say the same thing, but Sam at this time and throughout um, this experience, this initial experience, the police officer did not know that there were other people in the car. Mm. Yeah. He did not know that my child was in the car as well. My, t- my 11-month-old. He didn't stop and look and do anything. He didn't check to see what was going on. So he slides out of the car because we're already looking. Because I've gotten out of the car. We notice that his beanie is kind of cocked to the side. He looks drunk. He either looks drunk or he looks sleep. You know what I mean? But not like coherent. Yeah. And he says, you need to get back in the car. And I said, I actually don't have to get back in the car. I'm trying to talk to you. In which I moved to the back door. 
This was also in front of your family's house. Yeah. Yeah. And so he says, okay. Now, he doesn't say okay in a way like, oh, I thought he was going to come get me or okay, mother, you know, MF or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? But like he said, okay. And he slid back in the car. Um, You know, maybe 30 seconds pass and he comes back out and his beanie is affixed and his body camera is on. Prior to, he didn't have anything on. Mm. And if he was speeding in the neighborhood without anything, you know, anything on him, I wonder what he was doing. Mm. You know, what the police are up to, you know, during their, you know, during their shifts. Well, he slides back out and walks towards me. And so I naturally start walking towards him, maybe in the nexus in the middle of our of our vehicles. But as soon as he reaches me, he grabs my back and he slaps his cuffs on me. I've still got the cuts in my fingers. Because I've been beat up by the police before, not the Houston police, but the Austin police. I knew. I knew what the state legislator had had defined as resisting. Shaking, bending, moving, rattling, rolling. You know, to get out of the effectuation of an arrest. But see, that's a strong word, Sam, the effectuation. You know what I'm saying? It's like like in the effectuation of an arrest, the officer has to tell you you're under arrest. And the officer does have to read you your rights. He does, he does have to read you your rights. And so he just, he just jumped on me, Sam. He just jumped on me. My, my lady and, and, and the sister is in, is in the car, and they see it. And so when they get, when they get the clear, because they're watching this whole thing, right, he, he slaps the cuffs on me. He, he slams me on, my, on my, um, my, my trunk, but then slams me again on his hood and then ushers me. To his back seat. In all of, in this in this seconds long action, I'm not saying it, it took a minute to do this. Right. You know it what was I'm very saying? Very quick. But like abrasive and yeah. aggressive. You know what I'm saying? My lady and the sister are, are waiting on the clear to get out of the car. The baby hasn't started crying or nothing yet. You know what I'm saying? But the baby's eyes are wide because of the lights. There's studies that say the, the lights on our breaking news, you know, they, they, they affix our, our political opinions. And so, you'll see the video that we posted. The first clip was from right then when he was slamming me in the back seat after he had Throw me on my on my trunk, on his hood, and then ushered me to the back. He was slamming me on the back in the back door, trying to get me in. He wasn't like trying to touch my head and guide me down, and he wasn't like patiently like, "Sir, you 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 know, I'm I'm you're going to jail." Yeah. You got the right to. Re- he was nothing like that. He saw that he was smaller than me, 
as I'm 6'3", and he bent down and he took my left leg from under me. Again, I've been beat up by the laws before. I was already arrested. You know what I'm saying? So I fall. I'd already been beat up by the laws before, so I fall on my, on my elbow. But the space between the car and the curb was probably five feet. I could have broken my back and my neck and my family and my friends would have had to watch it. Yeah. Helpless as, as they, you know, women, older women. Or, or you got an older woman, you got a, a woman in postpartum. Just not the women to fight a cop or to stand a cop and say you, you're violating your, your rights. You're violating your authority. Yeah. But but you see in the video, you see in the video, one of the sisters saying, you don't have no authority. What's your what's your badge number? So he takes my leg from under me. And immediately as I fall, I follow my elbow. He puts his knee into my neck. And he keeps his knee. You know, we don't show this on the on the clips, but he keeps his knee in my neck for over five minutes. In which he calls for backup. Sam, I didn't have no firearms or nothing. So, you yeah. know, and I, I never fought. I never fought back. You know what I mean? Now, I, I did I did say when he was arresting me, what are you doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have any authority. The video even captures me saying, sir, this is a traffic stop. You know what I'm saying? So, seven officers come, like six or seven officers come, lieutenant, a supervising officer, a whole outfit. You know what I mean? And they block off this street, this one-way street. And they get me in the car, and, it's, and they make it about why my car doesn't have registration. You know what I'm saying? So from a stop sign to, to that. To the registration. But Sam, I know, my, I know my, my Title 18 right to travel, especially in my private property. And the vehicle is in my name. You know what I mean? Yeah. We... You know, I just got the car. I just got the car. I got another car in Austin, but I, I, I just got gifted a car because I run my, my organization's car to the ground. We, we do, you know, direct deliveries and services in Austin, Houston, San Antonio. Um, it made it about the car not being mine. Now my, my, my lady's mom has come outside, and she, they're all telling this these groups of officers we've got this folder in the back seat with all of these things like title application for registration paper tags insurance driver's license like like this is his car yeah yeah you know what i'm saying so after about 90 minutes yeah yeah maybe about 90 minutes they come back the arresting officer, this guy named Corey Austin, or or Corey Gilligan Griffin on you know on the book, he he comes back and does a you know looks up my record and finds out I'm a felon. You know what I mean? In which he tells me, "Oh, you're a criminal." So they were looking for a reason. You know what I mean? He says you're a criminal, and I'm telling him from the back seat, all of that is immaterial to this traffic stop. What are you talking about? I'm not I'm not even on parole. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't have any warrants. Why are you why did you handle me like this? 
And so he goes back and the sister heard him, our friend heard him say, there was an odor from the car. Let's search the car. Now, Sam, I smoke bud, and maybe I shouldn't. That's a different conversation. Maybe I should in cleaner ways, but that's a different conversation. But I know what the legal limit is, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there is one. And I do know what the site and release eligible um, code is. Per the 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 penal code, so it, it's it's crazy. They search my car and never ask me, and it's cool, you know. I had a I had a I had a personal amount of bud, but I also had a Texas criminal law and traffic law manual in the back seat, in diapers, because I got a baby and. And we, we work with moms. So after they didn't find anything in the car, Sam, they took me to a gas station. A gas station around the corner that I know, and I'm sure they know. But they took me away from the, the watchful eye. They, I, you know, I, I guess at some point if they were going to take me to jail, they were going to take me away from my folks. But they took me around the corner away from my folks to search me. This was now after two hours I'd been arrested. And so they take me out the car and it's a lieutenant. It's a supervisor with the last name Kelly. And Kelly, you know, with an EY. And Austin, and they search me, but Austin puts his hands in my pants. And he grabs my, my private parts and stretches my buttocks. And when I protest, again, I'm, I'm, I'm arrested, I'm grabbed by one, and another one's right in front of me, you feel me? While the other one is touching me, and I protest, he chokes me. The gas station attendant comes outside because the cameras are angled this way, like inward. And he knows me. He knows me because I get my reloads there sometimes. Yeah. But he knows he knows her and her mother. He knows my lady and her mother. And his his face is in shock. The lieutenant makes a motion and he goes back inside. They put me back in the car. The lieutenant goes in there for a matter of minutes. They leave, Kelly and the lieutenant leave, and Austin brings me to Harris County Jail, in which I'd never been, but I'd heard all the things, especially in the kind of work that I do. And I thought the pace was really high for, for a, you know, I don't celebrate Christmas. You know, I, I, I observe a different calendar, but I thought it was really high for Christmas Eve. You saw people in Christmas gear. Yeah. And everybody wasn't beating on their, their girlfriends or, or robbing a bank. These were, these were violent traffic stops. These were sight and release eligible offenses. Low level misdemeanors. 
when I got upstairs, you know, I got through the the the, the booking process. The booking process was volatile. You saw, I literally saw three holding cells in which persons were beat up. And I'm not saying because they they were a threat to security, but they needed it. They needed like medical attention. Yeah. It was obvious. And we watched Harris County uh, detention officers beat them up. We watch some of them, a couple of them, simply watch and cringe. So somewhere in this, this, this fourth largest city of America in its jail system, there's some folks with humanity inside. I get upstairs to, to holding, waiting for the magistrate and pretrial services, and I realize later on that, uh, that, that morning, because this, this all happened, over the night, initially the stop had to be between like five and six. You know, I get to Harris County Jail maybe around 11. You know what I'm saying? 10, 30, 11. Then I get upstairs around 1, 15. So around 3, 3 a.m., I count about 80 people up there. You know, like 65 men, 15 women. And and we counted 56 people have been beat up. And that may not sound like a lot of people. Yeah. In a city with so many people. But it looked like a lot of people to me. It is a lot of people. And so I learned that I had got, I had got charged with a misdemeanor charge of uh, interference with public duties. I did not receive a charge for the stop sign. I did not receive a ticket for anything vehicular related, and I did not receive a citation for the marijuana. I got a, a, a Class B misdemeanor, punishable up to six months in jail. That said, I interfered with, with public duties, but Sam, I know my rights. I implore everybody to know their rights. Because it's not just the police, it's the prosecutor and the judge that they violate our, our, our common rights and our civil rights, but, but, the, but the police out here in the community, from traffic stops, man, they don't even have the authority to do these things. Yeah. So the fact that we get silent around it or we, we, we blame people we say, no, nah, you shouldn't have done this or you shouldn't say nothing. We have histories of black men that say you just need to just be quiet. But now you you've been quiet. Yeah. I've been in spaces where I had to be quiet. I'm not going to let nobody violate my rights. I got to I got out. I got out the next the next afternoon, Sam, and I was kind of I was kind of shook, and I'd have been a TDCJ and all that. I was kind of shook because I got like a I, I experienced like a fugitive type arrest. Yeah. For a misdemeanor charge. 
that was curated after three hours, four hours of a traffic stop. Only for me to get out the next afternoon. I had to catch my breath. That was mass incarceration. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't my criminal nature. It wasn't, it wasn't that I couldn't stay free in three years since I didn't came. It wasn't all this reentry stuff. It was mass incarceration. I, I, I get out. I drag my, my leg and walk over to like Main Street and find somewhere to have uh, coffee and, and, and bread pudding. We, my, my lady and, and, and our friend, they come to get me. We go to, to um, urgent care and they confirm I've got a pulled hip and groin, back spasms, a, blues, a bruised clavicle, a clavicle, bruised wrist, cut fingers, a broken pinky. That's a lot. And I just wonder, Sam, if my if my if my eleventh month old was six, what kind of Houston would this be for him? And Sam, I don't want to live in a Houston where we can't talk at least talk to to police officers if we've got to submit to this system. This was, they told my car that was parked in front of the house and um and it cost me a deposit <laughs> a deposit at an apartment to 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 get out yeah the day after because of uh, the Christmas holiday which is a lie Sam so the 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 whole the whole oppression slapped me in the face. And I know I wasn't the only one, you know. I had, I had learned about Joe Torres. And when I'd come here last year, Nicholas Chavez had been shot down. And, yeah. you know, Jalen Randall, they have something for him today. You know, and, 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 and obviously, you know, there's, there's the brothers that we've lost. And then there's the brothers that we ignore that have histories with the police. History, histories of rough arrest, histories of unreasonable seizures and searches, histories of, of, of cruel and unusual punishment. Anthony Graves, uh, Clarence Brantley, Darius Elam, all through the Harris County courts. And so I knew this was bigger than me. I'd, 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 I'd been involved in Austin in the community, Sam, but, but I just, I just tapped back into to local networks as I'm back and forth a lot, but I just tap, I've been doing more prosecutor work rather than police work, police accountability, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I, I saw that, that this guy, Rajan, I cannot pronounce his last name, Munishin or Munigan, but Rajan, Rajan. Um, was that one of the police officers or? No, there was this. The, the, Rajan was a was an Austin resident. Austin resident. Okay. That at whether you know whether you sit here or sit there, he had an episode where he thought someone was breaking into his home. Yeah. 
he was with a friend and had a had a firearm. He's standing outside and he shoots inside of his house. The police have pulled up, but they shoot him dead. And he's literally shooting, like yelling, like, get out of my house. Blah, blah, blah. You know, nobody knows if he saw something or he saw this or he didn't see anything. Austin's got such a drinking culture. Maybe maybe he didn't see what he saw, but but the police were called. Right. That's the way we we deal with stuff in our communities. And the police came and shot him down in his front lawn. Jesus. And he didn't know that they were there. Yeah. Gunshot. You know, blah, blah, blah. Now that that conversation is loud because is that the community that we that we want to curate where people are are so fired up? Yeah. Well, I mean, it speaks larger to the um, inherent like police state that. But we the have. police state, the it, police state, like it's it's there to protect the kind of firearms that we that we're carrying. But yeah. any 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 way, man, you got a Second Amendment right to bear arms, however pretty or yeah. however big they are. Um, yeah, and like they're they're there to protect property, not people. But I did reach out to um, the the arresting people that yeah. you had sent me uh, to get a comment because that's part of what I. Oops, sorry, that's part of what I have to do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah um, for sure. And it looks like they'll be getting me a comment sometime next week. Yeah, um, I sent them over uh, the questions, um, a few questions about. Um, accountability mm-hmm. um, because you had mentioned as well that they had um, it was it like a week or so two weeks ago they had put a um, uh, saying that you were the one that were that was start, starting controversy with Man, the cops with I, the, I went with, to court yeah I went to court and looked uh, Judge Raul Rodriguez in the eyes and asked him for my constitutional rights to be upheld and he found probable cause for an arrest because the criminal complaint that the officer filed that the prosecutor repeated but had not called me to verify. Yeah, why would they? Maybe the Minister of Justice oath that they signed. Yeah. And they recited this on the record that I had sought out a fight with the officer. I'd gone to his hood while his back was turned and that we were fighting on the ground as he tried to arrest me. You know, you would think if that were to actually be true, they would have had video evidence of that, but they don't, right? <laughs> well, I guess not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, you uh, did post on your Facebook um, the the video evidence that um, that your family had taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got another we've got another two angles of videos yeah a neighbor has a roof camera okay and the other sister that was there she she had her phone out okay for dear life yeah she thought that he was gonna kill me you know mm-hmm. she'd been beat up by the houston police in her you know living out of her car uh last year yeah um so, Jesus, that that was. Thank you for sharing uh, your experience because I know a lot of people have experienced this. 
um, whether it's the police in Houston, police in Harris County or otherwise. And um, sometimes they may or may not have um, the capacity or the space to talk about it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very thankful that you're able to share your story and that you're here. So that way people know they're not alone, you know? Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. Cause it's, cause it's far like my experience or even the experience of Oscar Grant or Eric Garner is so much bigger than us individually. It's, 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 it's an unveiling of, of truths that have been denied. People don't want to accept the police departments hail from slave patrols. And if we, and if we seek to overcome slavery, we've either got to put that uh, department, that ministry, that angle yeah. in check, or we need to disband them completely. Yeah. And and have community members stand up and protect their communities in a way that would make us prouder than what the police produce annually yeah well um let's take a short little music break to kind of decompress um that was um i know it was a lot for you as as you were talking and i'm sure listeners um i my bad i should have said like trigger warning at the beginning of this um i'll be sure to put it in the replay um but let's let's take a moment to just kind of decompress and then when we come back we'll just learn more about you Um, and then how people can help and how they can get involved, um, in, in helping you and, um, like fighting back, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. From the beginning of time, man was born free to live in love. Have you been ever loved? I say. And you got the taste. The taste of love. How was it like? Did it you see? That love's the greatest thing in
the beginning of time Man was born free To live in love Have you been ever loved again? And you got a taste The taste of love How was it like? That love's the greatest thing in We are back. The music is curated by All Rule Radio. So if you're enjoying it, be sure to download the All Rule Radio app and tune in uh, while you're hanging out. Um, there's plenty of music and plenty of other shows, um, but the music is curated by them. Uh, so we are back. I'm Sam Oser, your unconventional journalist, and we are with Chavez right now. Um, thank you so much for... Um, the first part of this interview, um, it, I, I know it was very difficult 
uh, to go through and recount uh, your experience um, with the police brutality and the traffic stop that was in, in your time in um, the, the detention jail. That was very um, that just a lot <laughs> ridiculous. Um, and I'm happy you were able to share it so other people know that they're not alone in experiencing this. Um, but you did yeah. mention that you do have a lot of uh, organizing experience um, in this world, and um, so could you could you give us some background on where you're from, wh- what brings you to Houston? Because you mentioned too that you're like new around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so where where are you from? Um, I'm originally from New Orleans, but I've been in Austin since 1998. Um, so I, so I've, I've been here maybe a year and a half, came out here on a, uh, on some educational opportunities and, yeah. uh, professional opportunities to accreditate the work that I've been doing in the community. Um, in Austin, I'm a grassroots organizer, a, uh, a, a, a change catalyst, um, a direct service provider, um, I'm trusted in all areas of the city. We do all kind of good work out there, you know. And what's the group that you do work with? Um, my nonprofit is called Working Group Five One Two. Yeah, and, and and we get busy here in Houston. How we do, um, and also in Bear County and San Antonio. Um, but we're we're mainly in Austin. Um, and what do y'all he- focus on doing? Headquartered in East Austin. Um, as I as I returned from prison a few years ago, we organized around direct services, um, in a in a in a matter in a mode to provide people relief from the COVID impact and the shutdowns and everything. Mm. And so we've had a food access program for coming up on three years, um, and our food access program is 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 um, is curated through food waste. Okay. So it's a it's a it's a totally different organizing. Um, through the food access program, we met a lot of moms, you know, a lot of moms taking care of moms, and you know, um, we created our moms' first initiative to, you know, in eliminating patriarchy and all those things. Just being of service to the women in our community that you know take on a lot of societal debts. We we do a moms' first initiative to create that relationship um so a mom knows that she's got a friend in the organization um and and sometimes we drop off bouquets of flowers sometimes we give gift cards um you know sometimes we 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 try to make the mom smile especially if moms live next door and that kind of thing yeah um it turned into a maternal mental health initiative that was funded through the university of texas um Nice. Where we create a a a, um, pr- a perinatal and postpartum space for Black mothers, mm-hmm. and and dedicate a um, hundred to two hundred dollars worth of supplies to them a month. Oh, nice. Uh, we'll we'll be having a breastfeeding seminar uh, sometime this year, trying to reduce the the stigmas, you know. Yeah. And um and and so, you know. Given we've got these moms and we're delivering this food, we 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 started taking note of all the households that didn't have furniture, and so we got a furniture replacement initiative. We've we've rescued since 
since the winter storm, we've rescued like 6,000 items. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Between five and 6,000 items. And then you uh, recycle that like through the community? or So so there's a variety of ways that we, we recover furniture uh, donations or don uh, furniture waste. I've got furniture stores in Austin that will ask new furniture seekers if, they're, if they'll be willing to donate their furniture. Um, surplus stores love us. Um, but community members, community members in North Austin and East Austin and South Austin, they, they, they respect the purpose and they trust us to, you know, if, if somebody really loved this bed and they need to get rid of it, but they wanted to go to, you know, a mom that this or a brother coming back from prison, we know how to get it done, you know? Yeah. We know how to get it done. And so we've, we've, we fully furnished 263 homes since uh, Winter Storm Uri. Nice. Congratulations. That's yeah. real good community work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do, do, do a couple of other things around client and case management, clothes closets, um, ACP programs, phones, tablets, that kind of thing. Um, we've stayed operable by obtaining about 18 grants. Okay. 18 grants out of, out of you know, 23, 22, 23 applications. And how many people do you guys have uh, volunteering to keep the boat going? Man, we've had we've had 172 volunteers. Wow! Since um, July 2020. Nice. So yeah. you're over here in Houston, um, working on your education, and then you're um, facilitating this work in Austin. Well, I came here to Houston for a few things. I won an election, a national election, last year okay. for an organization called the Black Gold Nation. All right. Uh, that seeks to um, establish governance in predominantly black zip codes. Okay. Um, I, I, I'd done a legal fellowship for a nonprofit. I'd done community health worker uh, instructor training at University of Houston. Um, I helped a this district state board of education um, winner, um, like member, like current member. Yeah. I helped her win her election um, last year. Oh, nice. Here in the, in these nasty Houston politics. <laughs> nasty. Yeah, that's for damn sure. Like super Houston nasty politics. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I mean, it's, you know, you were saying that, you know, you know your rights and and whatnot and like like you've you've been around doing work for how long have you been doing community work now? Uh, since since probably two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, when Damn. I was when I was a student at Baylor University. Yeah. Wow, wow! So when I was an undergrad, yeah. How has it um, changed between then and now? What are some of the differences? Then you know? was just about getting in the community to to know. Yeah, to know like the system, know about the oppression, to, know, to really like see what it. that was. Yeah, you know? getting those words, that education. Yeah, like. I remember 2007, it was like to know what voting really was. And, mm, yeah. You know, um, years later, I know what voting really is in America, you know, and and now it's more so about what can you do rather than what you know, you know? Yeah. Like, what, you, what can you do? Um, you know, I don't think there's a more important... Uh, thing that we can do as community members ra rather than save lives and 
and and and America has this catalog of 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 departments that it that it that it's that it keeps it keeps funded it keeps it keeps resourced I, I think it's high time that people here in Houston and Austin, San Antonio, Shanghai, wherever, man, like people stand up and know their know their common rights. Yeah. And take back their communities. Mm-hmm. I agree. And take back their communities. You know what I mean? Like. Like, would, wouldn't it be a thing here in America if we reclaimed our time? And really, and really figure out what time it was rather than, you know, suffer the calendar that they gave us and the daylight savings and the indentured servitude yeah yeah you know like if we reclaimed our time and our power as 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 natural citizens you know the the solutions that we can create especially with technology you know the technology in our movements but also the the skill of 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 technical practitioners Mm. like what we can do in our community to to sustain um because it, it's it's got to be independent of this. Yeah, no, the the collective collectivity and you know so when I first started doing my work, um I I was I had like abolitionist language but I didn't really know what it was, you yeah. know, but I was really focused on the tear down part of it. Yeah. I I wasn't really aware of the build up yeah. part, you know, and it's like you know people would ask me, you know, if like we tear this down, what's going to be there? And I was like, we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the point is is like you're supposed to be building within your community and uplifting voices and uplifting each other uh to the point where you don't need what's there. Yeah. Um and that's taken me a long time to figure out, but I'm late to the party, but I'm here. Yeah. yeah. And if you're just not coming around to it, like people listening, you know, welcome. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to the welcome to the revolution, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um so damn. <laughs> Sorry, my brain is still just like absorbing the first part of uh of our talk. Um but so the your experience is wide ranging yeah um you've you know a lot of things you've seen a lot of things uh what would you want to tell uh community members who experience um police brutality um and you know they can see the stuff being covered up in front of their eyes but they don't really know what to do about it yeah what 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 would you tell them Let's figure out a way to take action from those experiences, whether it be in lawsuits or it be in knowing your rights where you'll protect your rights the next time. Um... We... We've got to know that our property taxes fund the police. For every dollar of of, of property tax revenue spent here in Houston, 80 cents, 85 cents goes to the police. And so if if these are the outcomes that we get, um, 
we've got to we've got to take that back and restore some some true order and some some community power. Um, if you share this experience with me, I'd love to create a citizens coalition where you are that will perform citizens arrest when police officers are violating your rights that will be unafraid to use justifiable force if a police officer promotes deadly conduct people shouldn't be beat up And then they got to pay for it. They got to pay to remedy it. And so because it'll still, it'll still continue to happen, we've got to stand up for our rights to stop it and to prevent it from happening. So back in the uh, 2007, was it when you started doing uh-huh. your work? What uh, made you, like, what was the catalyst? What was the starter to be like, I need to start doing work in my community. Mm. My my grandmother was always in the community, so I think I saw the 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 color of the community that she described, the beauty of it. Mm. And so, in in undergrad, I I got involved because it felt good. It you know it felt good to learn with people, to do th- first things with folks, you know, hold first events with folks, and do voter rallies with folks and, you know, work on a, a political campaign with, with these, you know, first experiences. Um, but it also seemed like in Waco where I was, folks needed help. Yeah. I remember thinking that back then, like folks need rent help, folks need um, not just employment, but like quality wages. Yeah, so much of our, um, you know, capitalism is directly tied to racism, right? Oh, man. You know, you look at the history of how capitalism in our country came to be, or even like the founding of our country, it's all on the backs of black and brown people, right? Yeah. So, of course, we're still feeling the remnants of that today. Yeah. Um, black, we, brown, and poor people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. White folks are call a poor white person white trash, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? I had one more question. Oh, oh, right. So um, from the moment, like from the beginning of your activism to like now, when did you uh, decide on like abolition? Mm. That's an interesting question, right? I don't think I've ever trusted the police. Mm. Um, you go through an adultification where you won't politics to benefit your community but you never really trust in it because it never it never matriculates to any benefit yeah um so when i learned of what abolition meant it 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 wasn't a foreign language it was um it was an ideal yeah you know what i mean and so 
I learned it was an ideal not accepted here in America. Yeah. So one of my uh, favorite things recently, um, I think it was like maybe a month or so ago, Angela Davis was interviewed and she was saying about how um, she was very surprised that she saw abolition go mainstream in her lifetime. Yeah. Uh, like she didn't think that people would be talking about it right, 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 as right. openly as they are while she was still alive. Right. Um, and I think you talking about how, you know, it, you know, you had it there and like you, you already had that distrust and whatnot just speaks volumes to why abolition became mainstream yeah. so fairly quickly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like you've really got to imagine a community without police. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To really reimagine like safety and what that yeah, looks yeah, re- like. Yeah. Re- really re- reimagine safety. Like what does it really mean? What does safety mean to you? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, safety has a, has a balance to it. Because even amongst chaos, you can, you can find safety. I think safety is more than physical. Um... And it is your emotional input and your your spiritual input. I think that promotes your physical safety. But there is a, a safety outside of self. And growing up how I grew up, it was always promoted as safety from each other from each other like crime you know what i mean like that's very isolating like crime is because of people in the community yeah but learning that safety meant protecting yourself from a doctor and a pharmacist trying to create a relationship with you, a 40-year relationship with you, protecting yourself from that, knowing your rights with a police officer. So he check his self and retreat because he understands he does not know the law and may be out of his jurisdiction, may be out of his authority. A prosecutor would do its, its best job in the courtroom to save us from predators and sexual, you know, uh, assailants. However, we've got to protect ourselves from those folks that are in those uh, positions. And so safety takes a different turn. It, it, it's not so self-fulfilling, but how, how can we keep each other safe? Yeah. How can we keep children safe in Houston if we continue to need this government or this kind of government 
or th- these kind of politics. If 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 kids in Houston deserve a quality education and a, and a quali- quality access to industry, whether it be through college or trades, yeah, you know, th- we we we'd love for folks to stay um, in tune with this. We, we we have a press conference in San Antonio scheduled for um, either this week or next week. We were in Austin on yesterday. Yeah. Uh, fired up in front of the uh, the disgusting Austin Police Department, mm-hmm. and um, you know, echoing the di- dis- the disgust here from Harris County, and our our press conference the Friday before in front of the Harris County Criminal Justice Center. Did you get any media coverage? You know what? Um, some of the colleagues that I have here in Houston, they urged the media to report on what had happened. Yeah. How'd that go? ABC 13 called, but that's it. The Houston Chronicle, or rather Fox, Fox 26, um, called. But he was the the guy was like, just telling me I didn't experience what I ex- had experienced. Oh. You know what I mean? Damn. And I'd asked him to t- give me to somebody else. Like somebody else will report on this. You know, I I don't want to I don't want to lose the sense because of preferences. That's your preference, man. That's your ignorance, but you know the the media network <laughs> might have somebody else. Um Houston Chronicle showed some interest, but... And it fizzled out. Yeah. It's fizzled. Um, the Defender Network, we'd re- I'd reached out to. Um, just... It's, it's a hard one. Um, just because, like, you know, this happens so much in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, they know they're going to be opening a can of worms, Oh yeah. you know, they know they're going to have to reach out and get comment like yeah. I had to do. And that's fine. I don't care. Um, and speaking of like, I, I reached out, uh, to the police officers for comment. They haven't given me a comment yet. As soon as they do, I will, um, update the Spotify summary, um, yeah. to include their comment. Um, assuming they reply. Yeah. Um, but you know it's it there's a lot of due diligence that has to go into it um especially when you work with like corporate media or in for uh like a magazine of sorts yeah. um because you have to kind of pose neutrality yeah um and that's why i think that one guy was like gaslighting you mm-hmm. cuz like without evidence of what you said mm-hmm. like it's and that's the hard part too right like everybody wants evidence but nobody will just like believe people yeah. <laughs> like it's not the police has their own record their own very very terrible record yeah. you know like that's already been documented i don't know why people go around acting like if i had beat up the police officer if i fought him i'd say it you know <laughs> yeah if I had fought with him, he would have charged me with resisting arrest. Yeah. Penal Code 38.03 of the Texas Penal Code. He charged me with resisting arrest, arrest, search, or transportation. He didn't charge me with that. Yeah. Because I never arrested. And the Penal Code of uh, 
interference with public duties, it says that it is a defense into the prosecution if the interference was speech only. Because <laughs> people have a First Amendment right to protest to speech. Yeah. Especially if they're getting grabbed and fucking harassed. You right. Know what I'm yeah. Fucking pinkies. My pinky's still, you know, swollen. Yeah, it is. It's dark in here and I can see that it's swollen. Yeah. Damn. Well, let's take a music break. And in the last part of this, we're going to talk about how um, people can get involved. Um, yeah. How people can help. Uh, there are legal fees. There is a petition. Um, there's uh, the working group 512. Yeah, and yeah. there's also the Houston Abolitionist Collective. So yeah. when we come back, that's what we're going to discuss. Cool. To be free, to be free. For my people to be free, to be free. everybody we are back this is sam oser your unconventional journalist we are wrapping up the interview so the first part of the interview was um was a just a recount in um some 
bullshit, if I might say, by uh, the police and what you had to go through. Um, the second part of our interview is just more about you and community and um, going through what it means to be organizing in community and um, how you can like grow as an organizer and everything you learned. Um, but this last part, how can people help you? Um, how can people help you with legal fees, petition, any any of that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got a we've got a movement going to influence um, county commissioners and criminal judges. So um, anybody that's listening, if you could sign our petition, um, we've got a petition for Harris County police are abusive. Uh, we've got a petition titled Austin police are corrupt. Um, we'll have to see um, what we put for San Antonio, but, but we are bringing awareness to, to these issues by um, getting your signature and your, your input as to why you would sign this community petition. Um, I've got a criminal charge based on this uh this this unfortunate experience and um money's kind of tight for legal representation so we've got a um a fundraiser for my legal fees and you can you can go to linktree um wg512 on linktree uh, it's like link dot tree backslash WG five one two, and you can find all of our um, our pay links, our cash apps, Venmo's that thing, PayPal's. Um, you can find you can find um, news articles on the work that we do and the work that we've been doing. Um, so with the petition, you know, people, you know, sign it, but then they often wonder what happens with the petition after. So what do you so, plan on doing with the petition after people sign it? So one, if you sign the petition, you'll stay, you'll stay informed with our collaborative ideas. This is not just a we're fired up, so we're going to go after the police, but this is also a we're fired up. You need to know how to take action. Mm. And so signing to the petition, you have, you'll have access to um, what we're creating in a database of um, of constitutional, common, international maxim and supreme law. Um, shares we want folks to know how to how to act during a traffic stop we want folks to know how to watch courts what to look for um how to self advocate in a different in a much different way in a much different way yeah but in a way that's uh, aligned with the law but then you also stay with us as we build the conversation bigger and, and travel around Texas to organize folks 
who've also been harassed and beat up and violated by the police, who've also, you know, been violated by county detention officers and prosecutors and judges. And, um, and be seen, be felt, be heard. The press conferences are 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 cool, but they're simply an engagement. Right. Um if if you're not in the mood for petitions or for um advocacy spaces. But you still you still you still feel where we're coming from and, and you see the importance of standing up in your constituency and you want to um, protect yourself, your family and your interest. Um, please stay in touch with me at working group 512 at Gmail dot com. Um, through, also, you could hashtag working group 512 on social media. Um, uh, networks, Facebook, Instagram, that kind of thing, Twitter, um, and get in touch with us. We'd love to start creating forum spaces to speak the legalities here in Houston. And we've already talked to some stakeholders um, about having something at Houston Public Media um, where folks can come and sit in the audience and we talk we talk appellate rights we talk um, judicial affiliations we talk the role of the justice of the peace yeah it's education stuff yeah 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 and for those of you listening you know you might be like you know I don't have time for any of that um, you know you put in the time where you feel like you are able to um, there's a lot to be said about the education piece. So even if you learn a little bit uh, from any of these sessions, you can take what you learn and educate other people. Um, that in itself is community work. Um, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, if you don't got the education to uh, like hold yourself up during these interactions or to at least have it recorded and whatnot, um, it makes it a lot harder, right? Um, so if if you know it, it's it's just better. <laughs> um, besides that, there's also the Houston Abolitionist Collective. Yeah, for sure. Um, that you can also tap into. Um, they recently uh, did work around the Harris County budget mm -hmm. to um, make the budget work for the people and not just being siphoned to the police. Um, and I have reports on that. You can look up unconventional journalist. Uh, there's a Medium article and a Spotify interview. Uh, so you can learn more about that. But that's that. And work 512. Work, working group 512. Working group 512. 512. Yeah. Um, and I think that's all we got for you today. Is there any last thing you want people to know before we sign off? Um, no, nah, I don't think. I, th I appreciate the space to talk about it all. 
I think I've said how you stay in touch and how you find the yeah, and the, I'll be linking everything too and yeah, like yeah, the replay, um, so that way, like you're you know you're listening, you're driving. If you just look up unconventional journalist on like Spotify and whatnot. Uh, the links will be there for his petition, for his legal fees, for connecting with Working Group uh, 512. So that's that's it. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate Yes. Thank Stay you. safe, Houston. <laughs> Perfect. I see you hating.